Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, I'll tell you, we got an absolutely fantastic show tonight. Uh, We got the young doctor, young professor, young genius. I mean, anything that you might want to put uh, adjective in front of this young lady. Uh, she is so brilliant, so talented, and she's doing so many things uh, to help everyone out, especially if you're uh, uh, having problems in healthcare, diversity, uh, I mean, healthcare system, all type of things. This, this young lady is, I, I would say, Chris. She probably 20, 30 years, uh, I mean, advanced in her time because she's 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Chris. I hear you. I hear you. And, and she's going to educate us tonight, man. And I tell you, Michelle and I, we, we are in Texas tonight, but uh, I'll be in California tomorrow, man. <laughs> I'll be in San Diego, San Diego Studios, looking forward to it. And, and you know what, uh, James? I'm not going to be here when you're here what? tomorrow. You are never here when I'm here, ever. Well, you know, I, guess <laughs> I, I, I saw you a couple of weeks ago. You did. When, when you I did. was there, and uh, I think you made it. Uh, but I wasn't. A I wasn't running the there. show that night, though. But man, I tell you, man, you've been running the show the last couple of <laughs> nights and and uh, last three nights, and you've been absolutely fantastic. And I want your boss Kevin to know and. I don't know if he's still in the studio or not. But oh, he's here. He never goes home. He lives here. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to know how, how fantastic uh, you have been. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it took a little adjustment, Chris. I mean, uh, uh, adjustment. But, uh, man, I tell you, man, you just, you've been doing it, man. And uh, thank you so much for everything that you're doing and uh, all that you're doing to enhance the show. Love the music. I love the break music now. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, I'll try to. I'll try to keep it going tonight. Yes, we really appreciate everything you you do and everything you continue to do, Chris. And um, thank you for making um, you and Kevin for making Desi Carlson our guest tonight comfortable and setting her up in the station. We're going to have a very great show, a very interesting show on mental health care system and how we can successively navigate the mental health care system. Speaking of mental health, I mean, uh, we all have uh, issues and concerns. I mean, I tell you, I was taken back today, Chris, because uh, I had a, a person to call me up, and 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 she, I hadn't talked to this person in months and months and months. She called me up to let me know that uh, a friend of mine uh, passed away uh, recently, very recently, and she ran across my number, passed away from COVID. And, you know, I, I, I tell you, that's, uh, that's a very nasty disease out there. And uh, 
I, 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 I'm the type, uh, Michelle and I, we, we don't tell anybody what to do or why they should do that or anything like that. But whatever is going to keep you safe and whatever is going to keep you protected, whatever is going to keep you from and your family from having mental collapse because of certain things like that, I think we need to consider it. But uh, I believe in choice. Uh, I believe in choice on everything that uh, we do. And uh, that just took me back, Chris. That took me back today. And uh, I was confused for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I met the gentleman once at the gym. And, you know, he's always pleasant. And um, it, it was just a shock. So um, we pray for his family and friends and loved ones during this time. And... Um, I guess that's all I can say. Well, the only, only message is uh, yeah. we, we have to take care. Whatever choice you, you, you made, make sure you take care of yourself. If you choose not to uh, get the vaccine, uh, that that's, should be a choice. If you choose not to do that, make sure you take care of yourself because you don't know who who around you uh, that's been vaccinated, unvaccinated, or, or, or those type of things. So, and that controls and that uh, affect our mental capacity. So today we're going to talk about how we can successfully navigate the mental health system. And just like I said, we got the young doctor, the young professor, and uh, Michelle. Can 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 you uh, first of all tell the title of the show? And can you tell us the purpose of the show? And can you tell us, our listening audience, the guest of this show? Because I haven't mentioned her name yet. Yes. The title of the show is How We Can Successfully Navigate the Mental Health Care System. And the purpose of the show tonight is to discuss the issue of mental health with ID's development partner, Desi Carson. How to respond and how not to respond with those suffering from mental illness discuss the stigmatization of mental illness, how to successfully navigate the mental health care system, discuss trauma-informed care and what it entails, and how to normalize mental illness as a society. And the guest tonight is Desi Carson. So I'm speaking in the, in the, in the first person. There is no Desi without DEI. Growing up across 10 different states, I found consistency in volunteerism, such as food drives, shelters, teaching sports skills to children with special needs, anonymous suicide hotlines, and more. As a queer woman of color, I repurposed my vastly diverse life expertise by specializing in intersectional advocacy. After graduating from the University of Virginia in 2014, I spent my main career running inclusive recreational programs at UVA, Valdosta State University, in adult sports sports on a national level at Zog Sports. At each institution, I introduced adaptive sports as well as created grassroots DEI initiatives leading to long-standing internal changes. I've been featured in publications concerning national sales strategy and LGBTQIA plus representation within the sports world. I also volunteered for the past five years as a venue director for the Special Olympics of Georgia. In 2019, I became a research assistant for the head of psychology at the University of D.C., Dr. Afia, I'm sorry, Migbal Shaka. After conducting extensive research and producing several manuscripts, I shifted my role to become the business development manager for her organization, Psychotherapy. We utilize hair care as an entry point for self-care and equitable mental health access for POCs. I am also the ideas development partner for INW and am responsible for facilitation, content creation, research implementation, and social engagement. Where I'm not working, you'll find me either traveling with my partner or playing with my adorable pets. The James Cooley Show It's You Live welcomes back guest Desi Carson. Desi, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? How are you 
doing? Miss you, <laughs> young doctor, young professor. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be back, and I missed y'all as well. And I hope that we'll be able to be, you know, in the studio together in person next time as well, too. I'll, t- I'll tell you, uh, as, as you know, that uh, our show is on the road. We're in Texas right now. We're in New York uh, in a couple of weeks. We're in Atlanta. We can, I mean, but, uh, you know, you're in studio. You're in, in studio, and we're in studio, regardless of where we're at. So uh, mm-hmm. I, it's just so uh, wonderful to have you back on the show. Desi. You, uh, as I mentioned, you've been a guest on our show before. Can you remind our listening audience, what was it like growing up in 10 different states and which one of them is your favorite? <laughs> I feel like I'm biased because I'm in California and I should probably say that. <laughs> uh, I, funny enough, I was born in California and now this is my first time living back in California as an adult. Uh, it was a very transient yet exciting childhood. I would say one of the biggest things that I got from it was learning how to talk to people all across the board, uh, learning how to make very fast friends, learning how to be impactful in a short amount of time, because it's like I didn't know when I was going to move again. And I didn't know, uh, you know, I only had a limited amount of time to make friends and socialize. And I think that speaks a lot into the work that I do now and how I carry myself now and how important and not weird it is to make fast relationships with people and say very obviously, hey, you're cool. I like you. I care about you. Let's just assume that we're really good friends and move on from here instead of taking months to do so. <laughs> you know, that that is uh, so important. And uh, you are uh, from military parents. Yes. So uh, <laughs> listen to all this. Yes, uh, military parents. And, you know, I, I'm retired military as well. So we travel. Uh, we had a duty station two, maybe three years, and 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 then uh, we are off on the ropes. So, Desi, uh, we got a break coming up in a couple of minutes. But can you uh, just tell our listening audience how did it feel uh, as a military child to be traveling back and forth? Did that affect you mentally or uh, whatever? Can you uh, tell our audience a little bit about that before the break? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to throw in that I'm also an only child. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> I mean, that, that made a big difference. And as we moved around, um, at times it did feel very isolating. Again, that process, I had to go and make new friends. But once I did, it felt really established. And I also felt I learned to feel excitement every time it was a move instead of feeling a sense of loss, which is really easy to do. And that's just a shift in perspective that I think anyone in a military family or anyone that has to move constantly for a particular reason, um, shifting our perspective is sometimes a survival mechanism that helps us look at our situation in a better light. Wow. You know, I tell you, it is. And uh, uh, one of these days I'm going to do a show on uh, military kids and how did that affect them but you know we're going to take a station break but when we come back desert we really going to get off into mental health and we're going to get off into uh uh the health care uh, systems and how people can get a better understanding uh when they're experiencing these things uh, how to reach out for help 
I tell you, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. We'll be back shortly after the break. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I tell you, uh, I, just like I mentioned, we got the, the young doctor, the young professor, uh, and we got, we got this young lady, I tell you. That is so extraordinary, and she's doing so many things. And what we're talking about tonight is how we can successfully navigate the mental health, mental care system. And we got Desi Carson, and she's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she's been on the show before. She was so fascinated that I had to bring her back on the show tonight. And I tell you, if you want to be part of this great conversation, and you might want to be, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. This young lady is talking about mental health, regardless of age or or this. She cover all spectrums, and she's very, very good at doing this. So, Desi, can you uh, first of all, we're going to talk about mental health. Why is it so important? to talk about mental health right now uh, during uh, the times that we are experiencing. Uh, can you explain to our listening audience why now? It's always been important, but right now it's very, very 
import? Exactly. I, I would say the quick answer to that is that I almost don't have to explain why it's important because we're all feeling it. We all are going through this collective, global, traumatic event and seeing suffering and trauma and death around us. And that in itself is extremely hard. And being in isolation, being in quarantine, that is triggering a lot of time that people have to think with themselves and be by themselves. And the normal things that we might use as managing mechanisms, and I say managing instead of coping mechanisms intentionally here, um, managing mechanisms for, for our minds and for our mental health aren't as easily accessible to us. And what it takes is a level of mental fortitude <laughs> to be able to stay happy when nothing on the news or around us contributes to that per se. At the same time, it is more important than ever to be able to look left and right and see each other in our unique mental health journeys, whether it's an actual diagnosed mental health illness or not, and be able to acknowledge that and see that so we can support and help each other through it. Because if we don't see it, we can't fix it. If we don't acknowledge it, we can't be there to support someone through it. So that is why it's so important, because we all need more help than ever. And the fact of the matter is, we needed each other before, let's say, the pandemic. But it's making it easy to say now, you see we need help from each other. You know what I'm trying to say? Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when someone comes to you for support with their mental illness, especially when um, you become aware of them having thoughts of self-harm or suicide, what can you do? What are some helpful ways to respond? I'm really glad that you asked that question because, again, and you say thoughts of of suicide, and I want to clarify that not all suicidal ideations have a plan associated with them. And understanding that difference will make a difference in how we should respond in the first place. I do. I hold spaces called healing circles with my nonprofit Inclusion Next work, and we talk through some of these issues, these feelings, um, but also through the organization Psychotherapy with Dr. Afia and Bilashaka, we do a training. We specifically certify people in order to help them respond to situations like this. And as a start, my first answer is listen, hear them. If you are listening and you are not judging by your voice, by your body language, by what you say, it's really easy for someone you care about to say, wait, what? why would you do that? Why would you do that? Don't, no, no, why should you feel that way? Your life is fine. If you can imagine a parent hearing this from a child, the first instinct is what did I do wrong to you? to make you feel this way. And that is a defensiveness that is already, already a mountain that that person has to climb and deal with with them trying to reveal these feelings to you. Secondly, I'd throw in, let's, let's identify, does this person have a plan? Do they need immediate help? Do they need to be moved into a space of safety? Or are they having thoughts that are purely just thoughts? They haven't thought about how they would do it, when they would do it. They're not thinking about what they would put, let's say, in a goodbye letter or something like that. That could take, let's just have a session here to sit and support. And how do you normally navigate through these feelings? Because they do pass. Or have you talked to a therapist about it? Or are you uncomfortable with approaching a therapist? Why is that? But if they have a plan, it might be like, well, how are you planning on, on conducting that? Are you okay with maybe us removing you from that space or those objects or whatever it is that you're planning to do that for? Or on this day that you're planning 
would you mind if I sat with you or do you have someone who's with you that can take you there? If it's more extreme, say, I would recommend you go to the hospital. We take you in for some actual health care. I would say the last thing you want to do is call the police in that situation Um, because that in itself is an extremely traumatic event that some people can be triggered more and traumatized more by a police experience with the mental health cause. So I would say that's almost like last resort. Okay. And yeah, sometimes, and probably they may not trust you again to confide in you if they have these thoughts since you um, called, you know, out of the third party um, before discussing it with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Desi, we, we all, everyone goes through rough patches. So how you can tell the difference between someone just going through a rough patch as opposed to someone who has suicide thoughts? Because sometimes those who have suicidal thoughts do not verbalize them. So how does one tell the difference? What I would say to that is, one, I'm going to say it probably multiple times tonight, ask. <laughs> ask and listen and create a space of safety so that even if they are going through a rough patch, they have these thoughts, it's a space where they feel comfortable telling you. I think it is okay to also assume the worst. It's better that you are more prepared for a worst-case scenario or worst-case thoughts that they may have rather than diminishing or minimizing the existence of their symptoms or the depth to which they're feeling a certain thing. For example, I, and I, again, will probably reference myself a lot tonight, um, considering my own lived experiences, in that I can present as just normally just sad and not say the depth of my feelings that I'm presenting. No, someone might not know that until maybe they press me for my thoughts about it. Maybe they keep asking. Maybe they set up a space where I feel comfortable talking about it. I think that regardless if it's at a suicidal ideation or a suicidal thought or not, we should be able to show up for someone in a rough patch as if it were that intense. Buy them food, talk to them, make time for them. These are all things that everyone wants, no matter what kind of patch we're going through. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I wish the world was uh, so hearing on what you just said, because I believe that reaching out, lending a hand, helping out, buying food, talking to them, that would make the world so much better, and that would give us an understanding of the great people that are in our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet sometimes we, we shun and turn our head, and we uh, don't listen. We don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do unless you want to. Yeah, so I, I appreciate uh, your answer on that one. But Desi, how is stigmatization of mental illness affected by our America culture? Yeah, it's a really good question here on a lot of people identify American culture with bootstrap culture. And what that basically means is any challenge that you face, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like go through it and push forward. And if you just work hard, you'll make it. Um, And that is a culture and language that is closely tied to not only American culture, but like capitalism in general. And, and it's not, it is not necessarily specific to America as it is in other countries. Cause as you know, mental health is a global issue um, and pressure like that leading to that is a global issue. And that being said, mental health, mental illness gets stigmatized with that because someone might have mild symptoms related to a mental illness that are responded to by someone else as, well, just go outside, just go for a walk, just do something happy, just 
do this thing or remember you can just call me or whatever and that isn't that isn't always a comfortable avenue for people to take and there is not innately oftentimes in american culture space to not be able to work hard and just fix it or space to if someone just can't i tell myself all the time I'm pressuring myself to live up to certain expectations. And the fact of the matter is, as a person, I don't actually have to. <laughs> if, I, if it's hurting me more to live up to these expectations and try to be this perfect adult, you know, this 20-something-year-old that you mentioned, <laughs> you know, like I, I am going to run myself into the ground. And that is a sentiment that all of us can feel and that often also in American culture and business culture, there's this uh, common theme of overworking that everyone is against. Wow. Hey, Des, I, I want you to hold that thought because we got to take a station break. But I, I want to come back. I want to pick that up. And uh, we're going to go into a lot of more of this uh, fantastic conversation that I'm having with you. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 888 Again, that's one 888 344 We'll be back shortly after the break with Desi Carson. It's your life. I'm James Cole. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. 
It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I'm a shell, I tell you. Desi, the young doctor, the young professor, uh, just like we expected, she was going to put it down. She putting it down, and she educating all of us, regardless of age. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She's, um, she's, she knows her stuff and she brings a lot of enlightenment to this topic of, you know, the mental health care system. So I'm definitely learning We're both definitely learning a, a lot on this topic. Well, I, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, all of my listening audience, uh, uh, nationwide, worldwide, uh, uh, th- that, are uh, listening to the show tonight or learning and that understand that, uh, Whatever issues or concerns that you might have, you know, especially when it comes to um, mental health or come, when it comes to, well, I, I'm different. You're not. We all are in this together. We just have to work through it. And if you want to be part of this great conversation, which we're talking about, how we can successfully navigate the mental health care system. And we got Desi Carson that's telling us about it. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Desi, now we was talking about uh, stigmatization and uh, a mental uh, illness and how that affect American culture. Can you finish up your thoughts? I know you was almost through with that, but we had to take a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, and. I left off on this culture of overworking that tends to be pervasive within American culture, especially, and how we approach business, what our perspective is when it comes to employees, not only at a peer level, but also leadership, also what a leader should do and should be like, and that this mindset of, well, I had to work really, really hard, and I pulled 12-hour days, and this is normal, and Someone's like, but I don't want to do that. And it's like, but you have to do this and you have to work on your vacation. And these are all things that might seem trivial, but they, and, and I say this from our work with several client organizations that are looking to improve their internal culture related to DEI and ideas work that I mentioned. And don't always make the connection between overworking, time management, project management, performance management, and mental health. It's really easy to say, hey, I'm an employer. I'm going to give you a mental health day once a month, and therefore I am really open and taking care of your mental health. And everyone's like, cool, I will take that day off, but that's not (laughs) everything that I need. The better question is, or sorry, the better approach is, can we ask the question, hey, employee, what would be your ideal work environment, system, schedule, structure for your mental health. Because what do you think happens when people are at their best mental health in an organization? You get their best selves. You get their best work. Your buy-in increases. Your retention increases. They're telling their friends that it's a great place to work. It's a great place to be. And you check. You get that 
that result, that success that you're looking for, that you're not going to get when you're just forcing what you think is mental health care within a workplace onto somebody. Wow. You know, I'll tell you, I kind of like your approach. Uh, but that's going to be a hard buy-in for most of the CEOs uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, the organizations because uh, uh, they're not going to, uh, I don't believe, that they're going to come up and say, hey, employee, you, you, uh, just tell me what's going to make you happy today. Take a mental health day. Uh, <laughs> just take off the next couple of days. Uh, I think that's uh, probably approach uh, that we might need to look at, but uh, unfortunately... Ah, that's not how it works right now, Des. I and if I if I can jump in and say that we do get this argument a lot, especially from <laughs> C-suite leadership, especially up there. And what I love to push back on is, well, person in charge, what about you? Do you take the time off that you need? Do you give yourself space to to navigate and and uh, live your best work life? Do the people that you manage, which at this assumption is people at the executive level, maybe VPs or such like that, say if an employee, if one of your VPs or whoever, senior VPs came to you and said, hey, boss, I am not doing well. X, Y, Z happened. This person died. I'm, I'm having this really tough time. Would you say no to them? And the answer is no. Of course I wouldn't because I care about them. And my no, question no. is why? Because <laughs> you're a good manager. Well, train your managers to be good managers. And that's how that happens. At the sea level, as you mentioned, uh, most people don't understand what the sea level is. Oh. <laughs> that those are the pe- the folks that are really calling the shots, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the VPs and uh, and uh, the managers and all of them under them. And uh, but I, I totally one hundred percent agree with you, Desi. I got another question for you. How does personal and institutional bias affect opposition? perceptions of mental health yeah what's really interesting about this one is i think i tapped into the institutional bias a little bit in the question about american culture and so i i don't mind leaving it at that and how our inherent bias around how hard we should work or how we show up or what professionalism looks like is a way of masking how we might really be feeling inside or our mental health i feel like we have to put that down but still grind and go to work on a personal level Sometimes people are harder and less lenient when it comes to creating access and flexibility around mental health and mental illness because they wish that they had that themselves and that in itself is not fair. That in itself, also there's a bias on there are a lot of us people that have not spent the necessary time to process our own mental health, go on our own mental health journey, and it's really easy to say, oh, you don't need therapy, you don't need this, all that, because I didn't need it. Oh, I went through these hard experiences too. I didn't need all that. And the fact of the matter is everyone's experience of mental health is 100% different. And there is no there is no room for anyone to define what a reaction to a life experience or how you deal with the mental illness or how that shows up in a space that there is no cookie cutter there is no one way um and so often we as humans try to project our own lived experiences onto other people and that inherently puts us at a bias that lets us that puts a wall between us and truly seeing and understanding the other person 
Desi, you know, talking about therapy, how does one pick the right therapist or mental health <laughs> professional? What are the do's and don'ts uh, regarding um, looking for one? Love this. I actually just talked about this in our healing circle today and got real passionate about it. Um, so first off, do your research. There are tons of great sites out there. Psychology Today in itself, very good. There are also specialized sites like Therapy for Black Girls and so Finding um, Black women therapists um, for whatever you need. Psychology Today is an example of a platform you can use to search by specialty as well. So if you know that you have a certain diagnosis, if you know that you prefer a certain demographic uh, marker of your therapist, if you prefer a certain specialty, you can search on there. You can also search by insurance. You can search by amount that it might cost in your copay. All these different options. I will say... Past that research, what I'm going to throw in here, what I'm so, so, so passionate about is when you do your initial consultation with a therapist, one, already accept that therapist shopping is a thing. You might have to talk to a bunch of different people. It's not much different than online dating or dating period. You have to find who your heart speaks to. You have to find who you want to open up your, your soul to. Um, and also go in there with a goal and being willing to tell the therapist exactly what you need and also what you don't need. For example, you could probably get the sense that I can be very self-reflective. I've been in therapy for a while. I am quite smart in figuring out a bunch of things. So my therapist now, our first session, I was like, listen, don't don't baby me. <laughs> I, I do this. I counsel people. <laughs> I don't need the one-on-one. For some people, that might be great. One-on-one cognitive behavioral therapy, like starting from the very beginning, CBT is what all therapists kind of start with, that CBT and talk therapy. But if you don't tell them where you're at or what you need, they're just going to start from this place that's quite generalized because they don't know you yet. And then you have to wait until they know you to maybe figure out a more personalized plan as opposed to like, hey, I want to work through this particular trauma. Hey, I've already worked through all this stuff, and I just need you to help me get back to a level of stasis. Or And also, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. Don't tell me to go journal. I'm not going to journal. <laughs> I told that to my therapist. She knows I'm not going to journal, so we're going to work on other things. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that that is so funny because uh, Michelle asked a question, uh, and I know we got the break coming up, but uh, uh, real quickly, uh, do you recommend uh, picking a therapist that you are friends with or family with? Uh, <laughs> I mean, most a lot of people do that. Okay, real quickly, thirty seconds or less before the break, can you respond to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. That is complicated. Don't trauma dump on people, your friends and family. Um, and also, if you think about it, our friends, family, people who are close to people we associate with, we create an echo chamber around ourselves. On And what that means is we just hear the same opinions and thoughts, and it really helps to get someone outside of that chamber to be able to tell you about yourself. <laughs> I love your answer. We're going to take a station break. But we're going to come back. And continue this great conversation with Desi Carson. I tell you, uh, she is educating all of us. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, wow, uh, this is so extraordinary. Having fun, always. And you know, I tell you, Chris, it's always great. When you have a guest on uh, that's serious and they they uh, lay it out there uh, where you're educating, but you're also having fun where you can sit back and laugh a little bit or think about that. And uh, I'm the ho- I'm the type of host that uh, I love to have fun. I love it. I, I want all of my guests to be more of a conversational guest. <laughs> and uh, it's so fantastic because I believe that uh, – when it's like that, we're able to share our thoughts. We're able to just be, and we, you forget about you on the radio. You forget about you on TV. You forget about all that. You sharing your true, honest thoughts. Exactly, exactly. So um, we just, we're just really excited about the information that's being presented on this show tonight. Very educational. Very educational. And Desi, just like I call her the young doctor, uh, the young professional. And uh, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Desi, what does trauma-informed care mean and why is it important? Great question. So trauma-informed care is a long-standing practice that if you do a Google search, you'll see certifications, you'll see a whole bunch of different explanations. There are multiple levels of it. So some folks use three levels or four different distinctions or six different types of trauma-informed care. The basic answer here is recognizing people's trauma, reaffirming that it exists and allowing space for them to have the feelings and whatever fallout might come from it, and then offering support in a way that is both reflective and appropriate for the trauma that they're experiencing without your personal judgment being put on it. 
I think that a key thing to take away from trauma-informed care is that it's not the level of trauma that we are deciding. It is how that feels for that particular person. I can't minimize and say, I wouldn't react that way. It's what's real to that person. That's how we should address it. Exactly. What aspects of trauma-informed care can a person use in everyday life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the big things I would point out the, in that first bullet about recognition and that we all have a desire to be seen and to feel like we belong and to feel like there is space for us to have our true selves. I mentioned earlier about us all going through difficulties when it comes to mental health and especially those with mental illness during this most difficult time and having trouble finding the support that they need or finding the therapist that they need. One of the first things we can do is just say, I see you. I see you. Let people say how hard it is to open the fridge on a day and say, I see you, and that's super hurtful. Or they have a bad interaction at work, and that's a form of trauma in itself. Can we stop judging people's trauma before we have a chance to show them that we care about their experience in the first place? What are some common difficulties people experience when navigating the mental health care system? And do you have any advice on how to successively navigate the mental health care system? Yeah, so something you'll hear a lot when it comes to navigating the mental health care system is patient advocacy. This is because sometimes the care that you'll receive is fragmented when it comes to mental health. For example, my psychiatrist is through my insurance, but my therapist is out of pocket. And sometimes as a patient, you have to decide what is the best decision for you on receiving the care that you need. Sometimes you have to come into those conversations extremely informed. Like I said, go to the therapist and say, this is what I need, this is what I don't. Also with the psychiatrist, because the psychiatrist visit could be 15 minutes <laughs> and you don't have a lot of time to say what you need. But say, hey, I saw these other medicines that I think might be working better for me. Can we try it? Or these are my goals to get off of the meds. Or things like that. Um, and also really leveraging the resources that insurance can give or other support sites and leaning into what other folks are doing within the same insurance or other community. Because insurance, money, accessibility are the three main things that make it harder to get the mental health care that we need. Wow. i got to ask this question. I know we probably got about four minutes left, but uh, what are active listening and paralingualistic and why are they so important? Yeah, active listening and paralinguistics. I'll start with the latter. Paralinguistics are basically saying, what are you doing with not just your body, but your tone and how you're saying it? Again, especially if someone expresses difficult feelings, thoughts, or diagnosis, or expresses it in a way that we don't understand or we're not comfortable with, our tone might come across extremely judgy, angry, difficult, frustrated. And let me tell you something, someone with a mental illness will cower away from that quicker than you know. They will say you are not a reliable source to themselves. They will back away from it. They will think that you are, you don't understand them and therefore cannot help them. Active listening is multifaceted in that it's not just hearing to understand. It's going deeper. Can you hear the subtext? Can you hear how someone is saying a certain thing? Even though they might be saying, I'm fine, can you hear that they're not? Active listening also includes repeating phrases back to people, using sensory language. Instead of saying, I get it, I understand, say, I hear you, I see you, I feel you, um, and not projecting your own experiences onto them. So active listening is truly like getting into the empathetic bucket with the other person because that's what you want to hear, that's what they want to hear as well. How can uh, This is a two-part question. Uh, 
how can we help normalize mental illness as a society and what are the some of the normalized uh, that you recommend uh, mental illness uh, accommodations in the workplace yeah great question um one of the first things about normalizing mental illness is naming and allowing space for people to talk about symptoms that they might be having, whether they have a diagnosis or not. And I, I say an intentional pause there because I don't need to have a diagnosis for my symptoms of mental health disorder, like distress to be valid. Um, there are some people that are very comfortable sharing their mental illness testimony. I talk about mine all the time in a way to try to help advocate for other folks. And I do that because some people do not want to talk about it and do not feel comfortable talking about it. So the question is, if you experience these feelings or thoughts or you have a mental illness and you're comfortable sharing the testimony, great, you should totally do it. If not, totally fine as well. We can, in a minimal way, try to advocate for ourselves. In workplaces, the best thing they can do is listen and be open to flexibility that could allow someone to have better mental health. And wow. Figure it out. <laughs> they got to figure it out. You are so knowledgeable. How can uh, our listening audience, if anybody listening to this, want to reach out and uh, have a conversation with you or just uh, get a chance to uh, get a better understanding of what you're talking about? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So my contact information is both on our Inclusion Next Work website. So that's www.inclusionnextwork. That's N-E-X-T-W-O-R-K dot org at the end. And also psychotherapy.org. So it's www.psychohairapy.org. And I did it slowly because I know that one's hard. <laughs> but my email is there for, for free to reach out. We're always holding healing circles and time to talk to. Wow. Young doctor, young professor. <laughs> you know I got to have you back on the show again. I hope and, so. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, this is a must. This is a must. You know, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show and always sharing your knowledge and your understanding, even though I think you're 30 years ahead of your time, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, fantastic. But I, I, I want to thank you. I'd like to thank my great co-host, um, Michelle Cooley, who's always here, who's always, uh, and she put uh, most of this stuff together. I'd like to thank Chris, the producer of the show tonight. Thank you. Chris and thank your you. boss, Kevin, for making sure that everything was uh, taken care of. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking time to tune in to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life Nightly. And we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. Uh, I tell you, s Saturday this week, we'll be, we'll be picked up by AM. 660 to answer case guide dallas fort worth alone with am 1170 to answer uh san diego fm 96.1 to answer uh and just like i said all of the socials uh media platforms and live streaming i tell you we'll be back tomorrow same time same place it's your life i'm james cooley and we will be in our la jolla studios see everybody tomorrow Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do.